So turn with me if you would. We'll just take a moment and go back to 1 Peter. And I feel like the Lord wants me to do this. I uh, normally would uh, rather, it's difficult for me because I'd rather hear uh, somebody else preach most of the time. I don't even like to hear my voice. But um, I feel like the Lord wants me to do this, so I'm going to go back to the book of First Peter and just pick up where we left off Sunday night and um, look a little bit more at this manner. Uh, Well, we began in chapter number one, looking at the manners and. We go on down through here. We've seen the wisdom of God, the work of Christ, the working of the Spirit. We've seen the Word of God. And uh, we get on down to chapter number two and we put off. And now we're going to pour in the Word of God in chapter two of 1 Peter and verse number two. And then there's the presumption of if so be you have tasted uh, that the Lord is gracious. Now, uh, I do believe that's casting doubt because you cannot do verse one and two without being born again. Um, you must be born again or you don't have the power to put off malice and guile and envies and hypocrisies. Lost people cannot do that. And uh, this is to save people. So if you've tasted the Lord is gracious, then you should be able uh, to have a, a natural desire for the Word of God. Uh, a baby has a natural desire for a certain substance, and uh, if it don't get it, it's going to raise a fit. And uh, it's not looking for uh, grapes and bread and steak, and it's looking for milk, right? And so uh, what is uh, true in all of our lives when we get saved is uh, I don't know uh, about some, but I know from my experience, what I began to look for was the Word of God. I wanted to understand the Bible. There was a thirst and a hunger inside of me uh, for the Word of God. Uh, But you have to keep that going in your Christian life. Uh, You can't let anything get between you and the Word of God so that the purpose, there's a presumption and then the purpose that you may grow thereby. Lord wants us to grow, doesn't he? Uh, if so, be taste the Lord is gracious. So verse number four, uh, we'll back up just a moment. We went on down to verse number nine, but I want to go back to verse four and start slowly down through here. In verse number four, we began to look at the way to continue. Uh, it's going to get more difficult and more difficult to be a separated uh, Christian in our day. There's a lot of um, uh, indifference towards the Bible, indifference towards uh, Christianity, And so it's going to take a lot of work uh, for you and me to uh, continue and not become uh, castaways and not make shipwreck of the faith. A lot better people than me and you have. And uh, so it's going to take some diligence. So he starts in verse number four and says, to whom coming as unto a living stone. And so we see it's not a religion, it's not a creed, it's not a place, it's not a, but to whom coming, to a person. Uh, When we got saved, we got in a relationship with Jesus, and that began at the point we got saved, but it continues on for all of eternity. It's a relationship with a person. And uh, if there was a, a, a group of people that believed the Bible any closer this group in here, then I would join that denomination. 
if there was, uh, uh, if the Church of Christ believed the Bible more uh, than the independent fundamental King James Baptist, I would be in the Church of Christ, right? Uh, I'm an uh, independent fundamental Baptist uh, and uh, because we believe the Bible. And um, <laughs> so I just say that to say this, uh, that our relationship, uh, though we enjoy the church and we enjoy those little name tags at the end often, my relationship is with Jesus Christ, Right? And so that can be true if you go to North Vietnam and there's not a fundamental King James church there. You can get a man saved and he can still have a relationship with Jesus, right? Uh, so uh, we are to whom coming. Now, that doesn't belittle uh, us being because we know the command to assemble ourselves together uh, and not forsake that as men or some is. Uh, but our relationship, if we're going to continue faithful to the Lord in these last days, uh, we're going to have to continue to go unto Jesus, right? We're going to have to spend that private time with him. And except you abide in me, you can do nothing. So uh, to whom coming, it's a continual action. It's something that we do and we continue to do. And at any point we quit going to him, we're going to be in trouble. And we go on down and we see that um, to whom coming as unto a living stone, uh, who is disallowed indeed of men, but he's chosen of God and precious. And uh, so we'll get on down through there. He'll say this again. God says he's precious, though the builders at the time rejected him. The Lord has made him the head of the corner. And so they didn't think well of him. That word just simply means to reject as a result of disapproval. They looked at Jesus through the eyes of their religion and cast him out. They didn't look at him through the eyes of Scripture. Is that not what he always said to them? He said, what? Know ye not the Scripture saith? For in them you think you have, but these are they that testify of me. And uh, so uh, he said, uh, basically, your house is left unto you desolate. And so, <coughs> and they sought it not by faith, but as it was of works, right? So anyway, so as unto a living stone, who was disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. And verse number five, this is ye also as lively stones. So uh, we see our position. We got to pursue Christ. And then we need to consider our position. We need to look, and we did that a little bit Sunday night, and that's where I'm going to pick up. We need to look at who we are. We're not going to let the world determine to us who we are, or we'll be depressed. We're not going to listen to the devil describe to us what he thinks we are, or we're going to want to quit. I'm not even going to listen to myself at times, because I will discourage and depress myself. I am going to turn to the Word of God and find out what God thinks about me, and He has said, you are a holy generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. And so I'm special to God. I may not mean a whole lot uh, to people in Rome County, but I am special to God and so are you. And uh, that doesn't take away from the fact our flesh is as vile and as weak and as no good as it's ever been. Uh, but you and who you really are, uh, God purchased with his own blood and you are valuable to God. And so that's where we kind of left off Sunday, and we'll get back down through there. So we've got to consider our position. Uh, point number one, we look in our position. God says we are pebbles. Now, I stretch these alliterations and give you all something to laugh at a lot of times, uh, but that's actually biblical. They Basically, Jesus said to Peter, he said, you are a, is it Petra? You're a, you're a pebble. 
You're just a little stone, Peter. So much for the church being built on St. Peter, right? You're just a little, you're just a little stone, right? You're a pebble. It's not saying, Peter, you're, you're nothing. You don't matter because we're going to see that pebble has a place. He fits into the household of God, fitly framed together. He's very important. But what Jesus is saying here is I'm not building my church on you, Peter. I am building the church on the fact that I am the eternal son of God. And uh, the church will be built upon me and my person and not the pebble. I am the chief cornerstone. I am the foundation that's going to be laid that you will build thereon. I am uh, where the other, the entire building will be laid relative uh, to this chief cornerstone uh, to the uh, fact that the point that it keeps everything straight, right? We know if you go through and look at that, uh, any of you have ever tried to build anything, I'd rather start fresh than to go back and renovate a house built in the 50s or the 40s or the, because nothing's straight, Right? They did the best they could and, uh, and making things level and making things straight. But uh, Jesus is saying here, I am the chief cornerstone. Everything, I hold all the pieces together, all the, all the points in this household, because the church is picturing here as a household, not a, a building, not a bride and not a body, but a building here. And so he's saying all the points are going to be laid relative to me and by all things will consist by me. If, if, if this foundation is not laid right and founded upon me, it's going to fall. Uh, But if you're founded upon Jesus and you fit into that building, all of us have something in common. We're all laid relative to him. We all have our interconnecting points at him. We, what brings us and makes us common people is Christ Jesus, the Lord. That's what we have in common. We saw a lot of other things we had in common Sunday night, uh, but uh, Hey, I found one for birth or uh, ancestry lineage. I'll, I'll keep alliterating these things later on when I go home. But uh, uh, anyway, so uh, y'all know where I was, I was during my message, I was looking for another L and I couldn't find one. So I was asking people to help me. Uh, but anyhow, uh, so we're looking here at the position that we have. We uh, have a position in Christ Jesus and a position in this world. And if you sit back and listen to yourself, tell yourself what you are, you'll never do anything for Jesus. Because you'll always feel unworthy. Does anybody here feel worthy of the blood of Christ? Jesus really got something when he got you. I don't know anybody saved that feels that way. Now, there may be some people feel that way. But like I said, I don't know many people saved that feel like God really got something when he got them, right? Uh, most of us know we were just lowly, no good for nothing, unlovable, and he loved us anyway. And uh, uh, so uh, if you listen to yourself, uh, beat yourself down, because I don't think a man should exalt himself above measure, and he should no more exalt himself than he should put himself down. He shouldn't belittle himself any more than he should exalt himself. I, uh, the Bible says that we should be, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we need to be humble people. Uh, but that doesn't mean we need to say, oh, I'm just a no good for nothing piece of trash. Nobody, no, you're not. God, God chose to love you and die for you on Calvary and rise again by his own power uh, so that he could have a relationship with you. You do matter. And uh, that's not exalting us. That's 
that's just the truth. Uh, we are important to God. And so uh, we see here our position, uh, number one, is we are pebbles. We are bricks to the building. If uh, 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 We are important to, uh, to God and his program. I uh, understand what I'm saying. We're not needed. God doesn't need me. God can make a donkey do what I do. Right? God wanted to set it up. God could just zap people like the Calvinists say. If he wanted to, he's got the power to do whatever he wants to, right? But that's not the way. He's he's chosen to involve us in the work of the ministry. He's chosen to entrust us to support a man like Brother Bounds and his wife. And and they rely upon God to use his church to provide money to support them so they can feed their family. And so that they can do. And he entrusts us with this ministry of reconciliation. We are. God chose to do that. He didn't have to involve you in this. Why do we feel like. Like it's a burden to be involved with missions or it's a burden to witness or a burden to pray. We ought to thank God we're allowed to do what we do. Not only we didn't deserve to be saved, we didn't deserve to be involved in this work. But God lets us do it. That's a blessing. And rewards us for the very righteousness that he provided for us in Christ. Is that not what the verse said? Without me you can do nothing. So all we can do is what he's allowed us and given us power to do anyway. Who's going to get all the glory when we get there, you think? Think I know. We're pebbles in a building. It's a, uh, 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 not a belittling term. That's a, um, that's a very uh, uh, important term because, uh, in fact, here, I was using the terms in the Gospels there, uh, but here it's the exact same terminology as they just referred to Jesus. They first called Christians. You know what Christians mean, right, Hunter? You know what that means? What does that mean? Christ-like? They're little Christians. We're little Christs. We're just like him. That's exactly what God wants. He wants me to look just like his son. We're little lively stones. We're not dead. Right? We shouldn't be. We are a lot of times. We're lively stones. Been raised from the dead just like this living stone who's alive forevermore. And so we see our position here. The ones that were pebbles built up upon this great. And we see our palace. We're a, we're a spiritual house. I wanted to turn back to some of these uh, in Ephesians and other places. But I, just for sake of time, I'm not going to do that. We may come back and look at that. Because Ephesians uh, gives uh, uh, some, some just beautiful language uh, to help us to see what we are. Uh, so ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. And that's going to be the key to interpreting where we're headed. A holy priesthood. That sounds pretty uh, uh, an expectation here is that we are a holy priesthood. Now positionally we have been sanctified uh, we have been set apart uh, we have been uh, justified in heaven legal as a legal term in heaven uh, but uh, practically we should live up to what we are. Right? And by, and Tozer said, by knowing what you are, you can understand your responsibilities. Understand what you're supposed to be doing by knowing what you are, right? And so what are you? You're a spiritual priest, a holy priesthood that belongs to a nation that's not seen and not on this earth, whose builder and maker is God. 
That's who you are. That's what you should supposed to be doing. No, Brother Clan, I work for the railroad. No, Brother Clan, I work for the phone company. Brother Clan, I work. Well, that's fine. That's what you do here. But who you are is a chosen vessel. You are somebody God bought with his own blood, and you are a royal priest. You are representing mankind to God, offering up sacrifices, not on an altar somewhere by cutting the blood of bulls and goats, uh, the throat of bulls and goats, and offering up turtle doves. And, uh, but you're a spiritual priest offering sacrifices. And what sacrifices have you offered this way? Well, I don't praise him very much. You're not doing your job. I am too. I get up every morning, bless God. I tithe down there, don't I? Well, you don't get a cookie for just doing what the Bible said. That's just what the Bible told you to do, right? And I'm for tithing. Please keep tithing. I got to quit being, being against that, Brother Reed. Somebody's going to take me serious. I'm for all those things. But you know what's a whole lot more important? This don't give us an excuse not to do it. Not what I'm saying. But you know what's so important me and you do? We be offering sacrifices of praise and worship to our God. And some of us are a whole lot better at writing a check than we are offering up praises to the Lord. We don't praise Him. Is that what it said? It's not my words. Is it not? Look right here. The sacrifice, offering up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. But you have to go on down through here to see that the peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So what kind of sacrifices based on the New Testament are we to be offering? The sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, right? And we just don't do it. I wonder how long God will just let us refuse to do what we're told to do. Now, based on the Old Testament, God's a very long-suffering God. Based on the New Testament, God's very long-suffering. But we're supposed to be offering a spiritual sacrifice of praise unto our God. Don't He deserve that? Does He deserve to be praised? Tell me, since you've been saved, when's the last time you praised the Lord? That's very important, isn't it? Based on the Bible, I would say that's important. We praise the Lord. How often? When was well? I used to, boy, man. I tell you one thing, buddy. Back in the '60s, I used to praise the Lord. I don't know if I'd tell that to anybody anymore. <laughs> I appreciate what you did back there, but I wasn't alive then. I don't. You can't. You can't operate on credit, right? He didn't say offering up sacrifices 20 years ago and then you just, if you don't want to, it's fine. But this is what you ought to do. None of the New Testament is, if you feel like it, go ahead. But if you don't, I love you. Don't worry about it. I don't take it that way, do you? It's a command. Offering up spiritual sacrifices. Praise. Worship. Prayer. We ought to be offering that up to the Lord, shouldn't we? No, I didn't get to that. Let's, let's move quicker. I don't want to bog down in that. Uh, we see our palace. We see the fact that we're priests. Remember, we're a spiritual organism. God breathed life. Now, I'm a little bit different when, the, when God uh, uh, breathed life into the church. I, I don't want to go into that because I don't think it's very uh, needful right now. There's a lot of people that say at one point, the others say at the other. I, I don't want to get into that. But this much we do know. God breathed life into a spiritual body called the church. 
It is a mystical body. It is a body that is not seen by the eye. It's not a building seen by the eye. This is a spiritual group of people. You cannot say the same thing for the promises that were made to a nation of people in the Old Testament. It's two different groups of people. There has to be a distinction between a nation of Israel and the church. And that's where I kind of want to go. There is a difference between the two. We're a spiritual body. We're spiritual people. We're offering spiritual sacrifices. I've never been promised a land on this earth. I'll rule and reign there. Now, the relationship that I have to Israel during the millennial reign, I don't know. I don't know that the Bible's very clear about all those details. I, uh, I hope God lets me go back to Strawberry Plains and rule and reign over there. I got some people I'd like to deal with. That's a joke. I doubt I'll, be, I'll probably be over in the little corner all by myself. Uh, but... Uh, but... Uh, I don't understand all of those things, but this much I know. This is, you and me are a spiritual group of people. We've got God living in us, sealed to the day of redemption. That is a promise that is now, we're blessed through faithful Abraham as well. Uh, The nation has been blessed, the Jewish nation through Abraham, and also Abraham himself has also been blessed individually uh, uh, through God's promises unto Abraham. And I, if we have time, we may, wanna, we may start there. Let me just uh, go through this as quickly. Uh, we're priests, uh, and so you see the prayers and praise, uh, and then you see our presentation uh, of what we should be doing. And I love this saying I wrote here in my little notes, our lives are but a billboard upon which God displays His grace. And we need to remember that. Uh, and so go on down with me. Uh, I'm not going to go back to the many verses in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Uh, but wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, behold I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone that's elect and precious. And he that believeth on him shall never uh, be ashamed. You see this uh, prophetic uh, statement here, that word ashamed uh, means to be confounded or perplexed or disturbed. Any person that believes on this Jesus will never be disturbed, perplexed, never be ashamed in the sense you and me understand that word, but we'll never regret what we have done. Nobody will regret, boy, I wish I wouldn't have uh, believed on Jesus. I wish I wouldn't have. You won't hear that. There's nothing to be ashamed about. You'll never be confounded. You'll never be uh, perplexed in what you've done. Uh, You know exactly who you are and what you are because God's given you 66 books in your own language to understand exactly what he wants for your life. Right? And so we'll never be ashamed, never be confounded. We've got the Holy Spirit of God living in us and teaching us the scriptures too. We We know what the Bible says. Don't even need a pope to tell you. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, I understand your Bible. It's not uh, very, now let, let me move on here. Uh, let's see, we, uh, I'm going to have to let some of that go. In verse uh, number 6, uh, look at verse number 7. Uh, so we see our position, and then we see the uh, prophetic statement here made verse number 6. We also see verse number 7, you see the precious Savior. And I'm going to try to wrap up here tonight on that. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. And so isn't that not what God just said about him? God said, I think he's precious. And if you tasted of him and you're born again, you know what you'll think about Jesus. You won't blaspheme him. You won't be ashamed of him. You won't be, you will be perfectly satisfied with Jesus Christ and he will be precious to you. 
I wrote down some things I got years ago. I, don't, I won't do that to you tonight for the sake of time, but uh, there's so much that makes something precious, and I wrote those down the other day. I've talked about it, but I, I'll share that with you later on. It's just wonderful. He is quite precious to me and you. The Lord Jesus is the best friend, the dearest friend, one songwriter said, that I've ever had. He's the one that'll never leave you, never forsake you. He'll never misunderstand you, badmouth you, tell something on you. He'll never, he's just the dearest friend you will ever know and have. You won't find it in daddy, young people. Hey, look up here. You're not going to find it in mommy. You're not going to find it in your friend sitting beside you. You're not going to find it nowhere else in this world. If you want to find something that is precious and invaluable, so invaluable, you don't possess anything in your being that could purchase his affection. Nothing. He just loves you because he loves you. He is what he is because it's just what he is. Because he chose you. He loves you. uh, You can't buy what he's got to give. He said, come and buy without money, without price. uh, What I've got for you, you can't buy. You're broke, poor. There's no way you could afford what I've got to give. In fact, he's not even charging you. Precious. He is precious. Ask Christians that you know that are no longer serving Jesus. I believe there's some saved and they just got out and they've made shipwreck. And they, at some point, they lost sight of the preciousness, the value of having and abiding in Christ. And they lost that relationship with him. They, they quit praying. They quit going to the Bible. And they quit. And then when they started separating from that uh, one in, uh, in whom we live and move and have our being, they find out they can't make it. And they wonder what happened. They think God judged them. No, they judged themselves because they withdrew themselves from the very one that was keeping them. Precious. Precious. He's precious. And so uh, that's just uh, just quickly. Oh, we we've already gone to. How does this time go by so fast? And then you see the peculiar the peculiarity of who we are. We looked at that Sunday night. Uh, let's read this quickly. But you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And uh, that's an incredible, wonderful, that which exceeds natural power. The marvelous light translated you from darkness. Have you been translated from darkness or do you still live in darkness? God doesn't save people and leave them in darkness. I don't care what any liberal preaches. God changes a man and the light of the glorious gospel of Christ shines in unto them. If they're in North Vietnam or they're in Harriman. And he's called you out of darkness. So what should I be doing, Brother Clint? Well, there's a lot of things. We've got a lot of things to do. See that you have fervent charity among yourself. There's all kinds of... But what God's got us here tonight in this verse... What we ought to be doing, showing forth the praises of him that's called us out of darkness. You know what doesn't show forth the praises of him? Hong Kong, would you move? You idiots, I got to go somewhere. 
I was here first. Me, me, me. Everywhere you go in this community, go to Walmart, go to eat. It's all about people and themselves. You know what the world needs to see? They need to see they's a total, that, them people are different. Why? Because they wear long dresses? Well, maybe, yes. To a degree, yes, that's part of it. But one thing that ought to overshadow everything else is, boy, them people are kind, generous, gracious people. And all they want to talk about is Jesus. I tried to talk to them about, I love deer hunting and everything else, and I'll talk to you about it. But there's nothing like talking about the Bible and talking about Jesus. And that's wonderful in here, but it ought to be out there. That's where our conversation, our whole manner of life is there. And we need to live here the reality of where we are there, right? There in spirit, here in body. But we need to show forth the praises of the independent Baptists. Show forth the praises of my overweight pastor. No. Show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness. You love him because he loved you. You called on him because he called on you. And that doesn't make nobody a Calvin. Because he called and some didn't answer. Showing forth the praises. Are we doing that this week? I think that's the challenge to my heart. Everywhere I go, I just want to show forth the praises of him that called me out of darkness. And you know, a lot of times we do everything but that. We make sure we get our food first. We make sure we get exactly what we ordered. We make sure it better not be cold. And if that woman doesn't come by here and get my drink, I was just eating with this brother over here, asked for a Coke and didn't get my Coke. That's how pitiful we are. And I didn't say anything about it because I was with the preacher. And I said, no, ma'am, just take that off. It's fine, ma'am. And inside I was thinking, good night. I asked you 10 times. What's wrong with you? You know what she just need? You know what? Just needed me to show forth the praises of him. She needed me to say, ma'am, you know something? 12 years ago, God reached out of heaven and touched me. Changed my life. I don't care. You know what? Why don't you take the Coke home? I don't even need it. But let me tell you about Jesus. That's, that is what we need to be doing. Show forth the praises of him that's called us out of darkness. Well, I have told you I was going to do something I didn't get there. And we've got a business meeting. I don't want to go on. If you would, if you would, this week, before we come back Sunday, unless God changes my mind, I am going to go back. I'm going to give you these verses. But if you would read Genesis, okay? Start in chapter 12 and read through chapter 15. You can do that. That's not difficult. Read Genesis chapter 12 and verse, uh, excuse me, through chapter number 15. And um, we're going to go back and take a look. Well, we're going to set the setting uh, of what has happened. But basically, we're going to try to get to uh, where God has made a covenant with Abraham. And um, there it involves land. Uh, it involves uh, his seed uh, shall be numbered as uh, the stars and the sand. And um, we're going to look at that. And then we need to ask ourselves some important questions once we see that and see where these things have been fulfilled. Who do they apply to? Uh, and that's what I intended to do. And we just, I don't think that's where we, we need to open that up tonight. So. Genesis 12 through 15, 
And um, then we'll come back Sunday, uh, God willing, and we'll begin to look uh, at the promises that the Lord has made uh, with a man whose name was Abraham in the Ur of the Chaldees and see what God uh, said to him, what did he promise, um, and then see if those things have been fulfilled or shall they yet one day be fulfilled. So did God make a promise and then say, uh, well, um, <clears throat> no, uh, you are not going to have that promise fulfilled. Um, one thing very interesting as you're looking through there, uh, that if you'll notice, uh, Abraham's asleep, deep sleep when God comes to him in this vision. And so he cannot participate In the covenant agreement, proactively, this is a promise from God Almighty, and God performs it. It's it's, it's wonderful. I get excited thinking about it. Okay, we can't do that tonight. Well, Lord, we love you. Uh, I pray that you just take this little bit of time we've had together tonight and just uh, help us to continue, Lord, to just study your word, to stay in the word of God and uh, stir our hearts that we would... Uh, Lord, have a greater hunger and thirst for the Bible. And Lord, open our eyes. Help us to see clearly and understand as we read, um, Lord, the Word of God. We love you. Thank you for this dear, precious family that you've brought tonight. Uh, and Brother Bounds and his wife, thank you so much for them, what you've done in the ministry through them. And we certainly pray you continue to bless and protect and multiply and help, Lord, the work of the ministry. As he's asked, a great open door of effects will be opened, uh, knowing full well on the other side are many adversaries. But great, great is he in heaven, and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So please, please help, uh, Lord, touch our hearts. Help us to give more and to be cheerful givers, Lord. We'll thank you and praise you for all you do. If he's in here tonight, that are lost or that needs to get right with the Lord. Help them to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Just bow your head just a moment. Let Brother Reed sing a verse for us. Would you sing for us, Brother Reed?